5. Her. There they intersect and form two pyramids with their point meeting a common apex and their bases opposite. Let a B be the point of origin of the lines, D the first plane, and the aperture with the intersection of the lines, FG is the inner plane. You will find that falls upon the inner plane below it, and which is below will go up to the spot. It will be quite evident to experimenters that every luminous body has in itself a core or center, from which and to which all the lines radiate which are sent forth by the surface of the luminous body and reflected back to it, or which, having been thrown out and not intercepted, are dispersed in the air. 131. The rays whether shaded or luminous have greater strength and effect at their points than at their sides. Although the points of luminous pyramids may extend into shaded places and those of pyramids of shadow into illuminated places, and though among the luminous pyramids one may start from a broader base than another, nevertheless, if by reason of their various length these luminous pyramids acquire angles of equal size their light will be equal, and the case will be the same with the pyramids of shadow, as may be seen in the intersected pyramids of EC and DEF which though their bases differ in size are equal as to breadth and light. Footnote, 5155, this supplementary paragraph is indicated as being a continuation of line 45, by two small crosses, the difference between light and luster 132-135-132, of the difference between light and luster, and that luster is not included among colors, but is saturation of whiteness, and derived from the surface of wet bodies, light partakes of the color of the object which reflects it to the eye as gold or silver or the like. 133. Of the highest lights which turn and move as the eye moves which sees the object. Suppose the body to be the round object figured here and let the light be at the point, and let the illuminated side of the object be BC and the eye at the point, I say that, as luster is everywhere and complete in each part, if you stand at the point the luster will appear at, and in proportion as the eye moves from to, the luster will move from to. 134. Of painting. A light or luster on any object is not situated necessarily in the middle of an illuminated object, but moves as and where the eye moves in looking at it. 135. Of light and luster. What is the difference between light and the luster which is seen on the polished surface of opaque bodies? The lights which are produced from the polished surface of opaque bodies will be stationary on stationary objects even if the eye on which they strike moves, but reflected lights will, on those same objects appear in as many different places on the surface as different positions are taken by the eye. What bodies have light upon them without luster? Opaque bodies which have a hard and rough surface never display any luster in any portion of the side on which the light falls. What bodies will display luster but not look illuminated? Those bodies which are opaque and hard with a hard surface reflect light luster from every spot on the illuminated side which is in a position to receive light at the same angle of incidence as they occupy with regard to the eye, but, as the surface mirrors all the surrounding objects, the illuminated body is not recognizable in these portions of the illuminated body. 136. The Relations of Luminous to Illuminated Bodies the middle of the light and shade on an object in light and shade is opposite to the middle of the primary light. All light and shadow expresses itself in pyramidal lines. The middle of the shadow on any object must necessarily be opposite the middle of its light. With a direct line passing through the center of the body, the middle of the light will be at that of the shadow at. Again, in bodies shown in light and shade the middle of each must coincide with the center of the body, and a straight line will pass through both and through that center. 
Footnote, in the original Ms. at the spot marked of the first diagram Leonardo wrote primitio, and at the spot marked primitive the primary, at the spot marked he wrote derivatio and at the derivatio derived. Experiments on the relation of light and shadow within a room 137-140-137 shows how light from any side converges to one point. Although the balls of BC are lighted from one window, nevertheless, if you follow the lines of their shadows you will see they intersect at a point forming the angle. Footnote, the diagram belonging to this passage is slightly sketched on place XXXII, a square with three balls below it. The first three lines of the text belonging to it are written above the sketch and the six others below it. 138. Every shadow cast by a body has a central line directed to a single point produced by the intersection of luminous lines in the middle of the opening and thickness of the window. The proposition stated above, is plainly seen by experiment. Thus if you draw a place with a window looking northwards, and let this be SF you will see a line starting from the horizon to the east, which, touching the two angles of the window OF reaches, and from the horizon on the west another line, touching the other two angles RS and ending it, and their intersection falls exactly in the middle of the opening and thickness of the window. Again, you can still better confirm this proof by placing two sticks, as shown at GH, and you will see the line drawn from the center of the shadow directed to the center and prolonged to the horizon and F footnote, here stands for Sergio del Horizonte Tramontano on the original diagram the circle of the horizon towards the north, for Levant East and for Ponit West. 139. Every shadow with all its variations, which becomes larger as its distance from the object is greater, has its external lines intersecting in the middle, between the light and the object. This proposition is very evident and is confirmed by experience. For, if a bee is a window without any object interposed, the luminous atmosphere to the right hand at is seen to the left at, and the atmosphere at the left illuminates on the right at, and the lines intersect at the point. 140. Every body in light and shade is situated between two pyramids one dark and the other luminous. One is visible the other is not. But this only happens when the light enters by a window. Supposing a bee to be the window and the body in light and shade, the light to the right hand will pass the object to the left and go on to, the light to the left at will pass to the right of the object at and go on to and the two lines will intersect at and form a pyramid, then again falls on the shaded body at and forms a pyramid, will be dark because the light can never fall there, will be illuminated because the light falls upon it, light and shadow with regard to the position of the I-141-145-141. Every shaded body that is larger than the pupil and that interposes between the luminous body and the eye will be seen dark. When the eye is placed between the luminous body and the objects illuminated by it, these objects will be seen without any shadow. Footnote, the diagram which in the original stands above line 1 is given on plate II. No 2. Then, after a blank space of about 8 lines, the diagram plate II no 3 is placed in the original. There is no explanation of it beyond the one line written under it. 142. Why the two lights one on each side of a body having two pyramidal sides of an obtuse apex leave it devoid of shadow. 143. A body in shadow situated between the light and the eye can never display its illuminated portion unless the eye can see the whole of the primary light. 144. The eye which looks at a spot halfway between the shadow and the light which surrounds the body in shadow will see that the deepest shadows on that body will meet the eye at equal angles, that is at the same angle as that of sight. 145. 
of the different light and shade in various aspects and of objects placed in them. If the sun is in the east and you look towards the west you will see everything in full light and totally without shadow because you see them from the same side as the sun, and if you look towards the south or north you will see all objects, in light and shade, because you see both the side towards the sun and the side away from it, and if you look towards the coming of the sun all objects will show you their shaded side, because on that side the sun cannot fall upon them. The Law of the Incidence of Light 146 the edges of the window which are illuminated by two lights of equal degrees of brightness will not reflect light of equal brightness into the chamber within. If is a candle and a sea our hemisphere both will illuminate the edges of the window. But light will only illuminate FG and the hemisphere will light all of DE 147. Of painting. That part of a body which receives the luminous rays at equal angles will be in a higher light than any other part of it and the part which the luminous rays strike between less equal angles will be less strongly illuminated. Second book on light and shade. Gradations of strength in the shadows 148, 149, 148. That portion of a body in light and shade will be least luminous which is seen under the least amount of light. That part of the object which is marked is in the highest light because it faces the window D by the line F is in the second grade because the light PD strikes it by the line BE, is in the third grade, as the light falls on it from CD by the line CH, is the lowest light but one as CD falls on it by the line DB, is the deepest shadow for no light falls on it from any part of the window, in proportion as CD goes into a D so will NRS be darker than, and all the rest is space without shadow, footnote, the diagram belonging to this chapter is number one on play III. The letters of BED and are not reproduced in facsimile of the original, but have been replaced by ordinary type in the margin. 512. The original text of these lines is reproduced within the diagram. Compare No. 275. 149. The light which falls on a shaded body at the acutest angle receives the highest light, and the darkest portion is that which receives it at an obtuse angle and both the light and the shadow form pyramids. The angle receives the highest grade of light because it is directly in front of the window of E and the whole horizon of the sky and X the angle differs but little from because the angles which divide it are not so unequal as those below. And only that portion of the horizon is intercepted which lies between and, although it gains as much on the other side its line is nevertheless not very strong because one angle is smaller than its fellow. The angles EI will have less light because they do not see much of the light MS and the light VX and their angles are very unequal. The angle and the angle are each placed between very unequal angles and therefore have but little light. Because at it has only the light PT and at only TQ, OG is the lowest grade of light because this part has no light at all from the sky, and thence come the lines which will reconstruct a pyramid that is the counterpart of the pyramid, and this pyramid is in the first grade of shadow for this two is placed between equal angles directly opposite to each other on either side of a straight line which passes through the center of the body and goes to the center of the light. The several luminous images cast within the frame of the window at the points and make a light which surrounds the derived shadow cast by the solid body at the points 4 and 6. The shaded images increase from OG and end at 7 and 8. Footnote, the diagram belonging to this chapter is number 2 on plate III. In the original it is placed between lines 3 and 4, and in the reproduction these are shown in part. The semicircle above is marked Orizonte Horizon. The number 6 at the left-hand side, outside the facsimile, is in the place of a figure which has become indistinct in the original. 
on the intensity of shadows as dependent on the distance from the light 150-152-150. The smaller the light that falls upon an object the more shadow it will display, and the light will illuminate a smaller portion of the object in proportion as it is nearer to it, and conversely, a larger extent of it in proportion as it is farther off. A light which is smaller than the object on which it falls will light up a smaller extent of it in proportion as it is nearer to it, and the converse, as it is farther from it. But when the light is larger than the object illuminated it will light a larger extent of the object in proportion as it is nearer and the converse when they are farther apart. 151. That portion of an illuminated object which is nearest to the source of light will be the most strongly illuminated. 152. That portion of the primary shadow will be least dark which is farthest from the edges. The derived shadow will be darker than the primary shadow where it is contiguous with it. On the proportion of light and shade 153, 157, 153. That portion of an opaque body will be more in shade or more in light. Which is nearer to the dark body. By which it is shaded. Or to the light that illuminates it. Objects seen in light and shade show in greater relief than those which are wholly in light or in shadow. 154. Of perspective. The shaded and illuminated sides of opaque objects will display the same proportion of light and darkness as their objects. Footnote 6. The meaning of Adiadi objects is explained in No. 153. Lines 1-4. Between the title line and the next their island in the original. A small diagram representing a circle described round a square. 155. Of painting. The outlines and form of any part of a body in light and shade are indistinct in the shadows and in the highlights, but in the portions between the light and the shadows they are highly conspicuous. 156. Of painting. Among objects in various degrees of shade, when the light proceeds from a single source, there will be the same proportion in their shadows as in the natural diminution of the light and the same must be understood of the degrees of light. 157. A single and distinct luminous body causes stronger relief in the object than a diffused light, as may be seen by comparing one side of a landscape illuminated by the Sunday and one overshadowed by clouds, and so illuminated only by the diffused light of the atmosphere. Third Book on Light and Shade. Definition of Derived Shadow 158. 159. 158. Derived Shadow cannot exist without primary shadow. This is proved by the first of this which says, darkness is the total absence of light, and shadow is an alleviation of darkness and of light, and it is more or less dark or light in proportion as the darkness is modified by the light. 159. Shadow is diminution of light. Darkness is absence of light. Shadow is divided into two kinds, of which the first is called primary shadow, the second is derived shadow. The primary shadow is always the basis of the derived shadow. The edges of the derived shadow are straight lines. Footnote, the theory of the ombre derivative a technical expression for which there is no precise English equivalent is elaborately treated by Leonardo. But both text and diagrams as place ID. 1-3 and place V must at once convince the student that the distinction he makes between ombre primitive and ombre derivative is not merely justifiable but scientific. Ombre derivative is by no means a mere abstract idea. This is easily proved by repeating the experiment made by Leonardo, and by filling with smoke the room in which the existence of the ombre derivative is investigated, when the shadow becomes visible, nor is it difficult to perceive how much of Leonardo's teaching depended on this theory, the recognized, 
but extremely complicated science of cast shadows percussion del ombre derivative as Leonardo calls them is thus rendered more intelligible if not actually simpler, and we must assume this theory as our chief guide through the investigations which follow. The darkness of the derived shadow diminishes in proportion as it is remote from the primary shadow. Different sorts of derived shadows 160, 162, 160. Shadow and light. The forms of shadows are three, inasmuch as if the solid body which casts the shadow is equal in size to the light. The shadow resembles a column without any termination in length. If the body is larger than the light the shadow resembles a truncated and inverted pyramid, and its length has also no defined termination. But if the body is smaller than the light, the shadow will resemble a pyramid and come to an end, as is seen in eclipses of the moon. 161. Of Simple Derived Shadows the simple derived shadow is of two kinds, one kind which has its length defined, and two kinds which are undefined, and the defined shadow is pyramidal. Of the two undefined, one is a column and the other spreads out, and all three have rectilinear outlines. But the converging, that is the pyramidal, shadow proceeds from a body that is smaller than the light, and the columnar from a body equal in size to the light, and the spreading shadow from a body larger than the light, and see of compound derived shadows. Compound derived shadows are of two kinds, that is columnar and spreading. 162. Of shadow. Derived shadows are of three kinds of which one is spreading. The second columnar. Be thorough converging to the point where the two sides meet and intersect. And beyond this intersection the sides are infinitely prolonged or straight lines. And if you say, this shadow must terminate at the angle where the sides meet and extend no farther. I deny this because above in the first on shadow I have proved, that a thing is completely terminated when no portion of it goes beyond its terminating lines. Now here, in this shadow, we see the converse of this. Inasmuch as where this derived shadow originates we obviously have the figures of two pyramids of shadow which meet at their angles. Hence, if, as my opponent says, the first pyramid of shadow terminates the derivative shadow at the angle whence it starts, then the second pyramid of shadow so says the adversary must be caused by the angle and not from the body in shadow, and this is disproved with the help of the second of this which says, shadow is a condition produced by a body casting a shadow, and interposed between this shadow and the luminous body. By this it is made clear that the shadow is not produced by the angle of the derived shadow but only by the body casting the shadow, and see. If a spherical solid body is illuminated by a light of elongated form the shadow produced by the longest portion of this light will have less defined outlines than that which is produced by the breadth of the same light. And this is proved by what was said before, which is, that a shadow will have less defined outlines in proportion as the light which causes it is larger. And conversely, the outlines are clearer in proportion as it is smaller. On the relation of derived and primary shadow 163, 165. 163. The derived shadow can never resemble the body from which it proceeds unless the light is of the same form and size as the body causing the shadow. The derived shadow cannot be of the same form as the primary shadow unless it is intercepted by a plane parallel to it. 164. How it casts shadow can never be of the same size as the body that casts it. If the rays of light proceed, as experience shows, from a single point and are diffused in a sphere round this point, radiating and dispersed through the air. The farther they spread the wider they must spread, and an object placed between the light and a wall is always imaged larger in its shadow, because the rays that strike it would, 
by the time they have reached the wall, have become larger. 165. Any shadow cast by a body in light and shade is of the same nature and character as that which is inseparable from the body. The center of the length of a shadow always corresponds to that of the luminous body footnote 6. This second statement of the same idea as in the former sentence, but in different words, does not, in the original, come next to the foregoing, sections 172 and 127 are placed between them. It is inevitable that every shadow must have its center in a line with the center of the light. On the shape of derived shadows 166, 174, 166, of the pyramidal shadow, the pyramidal shadow produced by a columnar body will be narrower than the body itself in proportion as the simple derived shadow is intersected farther from the body which casts it. Footnote 166, compare the first diagram to number 161. If we here conceive of the outlines of the pyramid of shadow on the ground as prolonged beyond its apex this gives rise to a second pyramid, this is what is spoken of at the beginning of number 166. 167. The cast shadow will be longest when the light is lowest. The cast shadow will be shortest when the light is highest. 168. Both the primary and derived shadow will be larger when caused by the light of a candle than by diffused light. The difference between the larger and smaller shadows will be in inverse proportion to the larger and smaller lights causing them. 169. All bodies, in proportion as they are nearer to, or are farther from the source of light, will produce longer or shorter derived shadows. Among bodies of equal size, that one which is illuminated by the largest light will have the shortest shadow. Experiment confirms this proposition. Thus the body is surrounded by a larger amount of light than the body PQ as is shown above. Let us say that VC of BDX is the sky, the source of light, and that ST is a window by which the luminous rays enter. And so MN and PQ are bodies in light and shade as exposed to this light, MN will have a small derived shadow, because its original shadow will be small, and the derivative light will be large. Again because the original light CD will be large and PQ will have more derived shadow because its original shadow will be larger, and its derived light will be smaller than that of the body NN because that portion of the hemisphere B which illuminates it is smaller than the hemisphere CD which illuminates the body NN footnote, the diagram, given on place ID, number 2, stands in the original between lines 2 and 7, while the text of lines 3 to 6 is written on its left side. In the reproduction of this diagram the leper at the outer right hand end has been omitted. 170. The shadow bears the same proportion to the shadow as the line BC to the line FC 171. Of painting. Of different shadows of equal strength that which is nearest the eye will seem the least strong. Why is the shadow EAB in the first grade of strength? BC in the second, CD in the third. The reason is that as from EAB the sky is nowhere visible. It gets no light whatever from the sky and so has no direct primary light. BC faces the portion of the sky FG and is illuminated by it. CD faces the sky at HKCD being exposed to a larger extent of sky than BC it is reasonable that it should be more lighted, and thus, up to a certain distance, the wall AD will grow lighter for the reasons here given, until the darkness of the room overpowers the light from the window. 172. When the light of the atmosphere is restricted by an opening and illuminates bodies which cast shadows, these bodies being equally distant from the center of the window, that which is most obliquely placed will cast the largest shadow beyond it. 173. 
these bodies standing apart in a room lighted by a single window will have derivative shadows more or less short according as they are more or less opposite to the window. Among the shadows cast by bodies of equal mass but at an equal distances from the opening by which they are illuminated, that shadow will be the longest of the body which is least in the light, and in proportion as one body is better illuminated than another its shadow will be shorter than another. The proportion and M and EVK bear to RT and VX corresponds with that of the shadow to 4 and, the reason why those bodies which are placed most in front of the middle of the window throw shorter shadows than those obliquely situated is, that the window appears in its proper form and to the obliquely placed ones it appears foreshortened, to those in the middle, the window shows its full size, to the oblique ones it appears smaller, the one in the middle faces the whole hemisphere that is EF and those on the side have only a strip, that is Q or faces a B, and M and faces CD, the body in the middle having a larger quantity of light than those at the sides is lighted from a point much below its center, and thus the shadow is shorter, and the pyramid 4 goes into LY exactly as often as a B goes into EF. The axis of every derivative shadow passes through 612 footnote 31, pass a plur 612 passes through 612. The meaning of these words is probably this, each of the three axes of the derived shadow intersects the center mezzo of the primary shadow umbro originale and, by prolongation upwards crosses six lines. This is self-evident only in the middle diagram, but it is equally true of the side figures if we conceive of the lines for, X and B and Y L K V and 4, as prolonged beyond the semicircle of the horizon, and is in a straight line with the center of the primary shadow with the center of the body casting it and of the derivative light and with the center of the window and, finally, with the center of that portion of the source of light which is the celestial hemisphere, YH is the center of the derived shade, LH of the primary shadow, of the body throwing it, LK of the derived light, is the center of the window, is the final center of the original light afforded by that portion of the hemisphere of the sky which illuminates the solid body. Footnote, compare the diagram on place IV. Number 3. In the original this drawing is placed between lines 3 and 22, the rest, from line 4 to line 21, is written on the left-hand margin, 174. The farther the derived shadow is prolonged the lighter it becomes. You will find that the proportion of the diameter of the derived shadow to that of the primary shadow will be the same as that between the darkness of the primary shadow and that of the derived shadow. Let a B be the diameter of the primary shadow and C D that of the derived shadow. I say that a B going, as you see, three times into DC the shadow DC will be three times as light as the shadow of B if the size of the illuminating body is larger than that of the illuminated body an intersection of shadow will occur, beyond which the shadows will run off into opposite directions as if they were caused by two separate lights. On the relative intensity of derived shadows 175, 179. 175. On painting, the derived shadow is stronger in proportion as it is nearer to its place of origin. 176. How shadows fade away at long distances. Shadows fade and are lost at long distances because the larger quantity of illuminated air which lies between the eye and the object seen tints the shadow with its own color. 177. A B will be darker than C D in proportion as C D is broader than A B. 178. It can be proved why the shadow OPCH is darker in proportion as it is nearer to the line PH and is lighter in proportion as it is nearer to the line OC. Let the light of E be a window, and let the dark wall in which this window island be BS that island one of the sides of the wall, 
then we may say that the line PH is darker than any other part of the space OPCH because this line faces the whole surface in shadow of the wall BS the line OC is lighter than the other part of this space OPCH because this line faces the luminous space B where the shadow is larger, or smaller, or equal the body which casts it. First of the character of divided lights, of the compound shadow FRCH caused by a single light. The shadow FRCH is under such conditions as that where it is farthest from its inner side it loses depth in proportion. To prove this, let DA be the light and FN the solid body, and let E be one of the side walls of the window that is DA. Then I say according to the second proposition, that the surface of any body is affected by the tone of the objects surrounding it. That the side RC which faces the dark wall E must participate of its darkness and in the same way that the outer surface which faces the light D participates of the light, thus we get the outlines of the extremes on each side of the center included between them. This is divided into four parts. The first the extremes, which include the compound shadow. Secondly the compound shadow between these extremes. 179. The action of the light AS from its center. If it were the whole of the light that caused the shadows beyond the bodies placed in front of it. It would follow that any body much smaller than the light would cast a pyramidal shadow, but experience not showing this. It must be the center of the light that produces this effect. Footnote, the diagram belonging to this passage is between lines 4 and 5 in the original. Comp, the reproduction place IV. Number 4, the text and drawing of this chapter have already been published with tolerable accuracy. C.M. Jordan, Das Malerbuch de Leonardo de Avinci. Leipzig 1873. Page 90. Proof. Let a B be the width of the light from a window, which falls on a stick set up at one foot from a C. And let a D be the space where all the light from the window is visible. At C that part of the window which is between LB cannot be seen. In the same way a M cannot be seen from DF and therefore in these two portions the light begins to fail. Shadow is produced by two lights of different size 180, 181, 180. A body in light and shade placed between two equal lights side by side will cast shadows in proportion to the amount of light, and the shadows will be one darker than the other in proportion as one light is nearer to the said body than the other on the opposite side. A body placed at an equal distance between two lights will cast two shadows, one deeper than the other in proportion, as the light which causes it is brighter than the other. 181. A light which is smaller than the body it illuminates produces shadows of which the outlines end within the surface of the body, and not much compound shadow, and falls on less than half of it. A light which, 